Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life, and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. As it relates to basic and essential building blocks of society, parents have a crucial role in social development. They bear the primary responsibility for the education and socialization of children, as well as instilling values of citizenship and belonging in society. Parents and caregivers offer their children love acceptance, appreciation, encouragement, and guidance. They provide the most intimate context for the nurturing and protection of children as they develop their personalities and identities, and also as they mature physically, cognitively, emotionally, and socially. One of the number one responsibilities of parents is to protect their children from harm, as well as to provide food, clothing, and a place to live. Additionally, a parent must financially support their children. They must provide safety, supervision, and standards. Parents also have the legal responsibility and are held responsible for the education and supervision for their minor children. If any child under the age of 18 who are considered a minor causes harm to another person, the law says, now this is the law, says that the parent have not met their duty. The harm would not have occurred if the child had been properly supervised and educated. Oftentimes we think it's cute to have children negating the responsibilities that are inherent with being a good mother or father. Bringing a life into this world has requirements that we oftentimes don't realize until it's too late. Welcome podcast family, affectionately known as PFAM. You are joining us from around the globe and we thank you for being here today. A special welcome and shout out to our relatives joining us for the very first time. We welcome you. Joining me today 
is Ms. Pamela Little, a psychotherapist. Pamela received her BS degree in science of technology and a master's degree in counseling psychology. Hold on, and yet a second master's in art therapy. Pamela is well-trained and held certification in child-centered play therapy. She has practiced in the Washington, D.C. metro area for more than 15 years, and her specialty is children adolescence. Ms. Little, welcome. We're so glad to have you join us today. And thank you, Dr. D uh, and the PFAM. I thank you so much for an opportunity to share some information on a topic that is dear to my heart and that is so controversial during, uh, I would say, this era, this season right now uh, here in the DMV and across the globe. There's a lot of parenting questions, a lot of challenges going on around parents. Because with your background and your know-how, we're just elated that we're going to walk away with things that we can utilize, things that we can put into practice. Please describe your role as a psychotherapist. Um, As a psychotherapist, I come alongside of my client. I believe in client-centered, person-centered focus, uh, as well as solution-focused. But my role uh, is simply just to come alongside the client. I look at the whole person um, and try to share in the holistic part of it uh, to reach their uh, goal, um, which is to mentally and emotionally bring wellness and balance to them. And at times I find myself in a, uh, a multifaceted part as well, where I come alongside the family uh, or, is, uh, or in the school with the teacher when I collaboratively, collaboratively work together with them to bring, you know, wholeness and um, solution focus to the child's life. If the child is having some challenges in school, you know, just to come alongside with the parent as well as to support the school system uh, in uh, helping this child uh, be in an environment, an educational environment that would cause them to learn. PFAM, get your paper, pen, whatever you need. Ms. Little is going to leave you with valuable insight that you can put into practice. Outside of love and support, I want to talk about some of the important qualities of a good parent. We all know that setting limits, being a role model, teaching responsibility, and providing a range of experiences are synonymous with parenthood. What are some other important qualities of being a good parent that we can leave with the PFAM? One of the things I've recognized over the years, as well as from my own experience and working with uh, children from birth to, you know, 18 years old is the powerful interactions that a parent can have with that child. Number one. Number two would be a great listening ear. All of us know that our souls want to be heard, want to be seen, and want to know that we're supported. So a listening ear, a good listening ear, is also a great characteristic, as well as leading. Because once you're here, you know how to lead that child. 
And then ultimately, as we already know, is love. It comes through as love when you listen and you lead. And that comes from a powerful interaction with a child. Wonderful. Listening, leading, and being there in support. Thank you very much for that. Now, should parents be held accountable or responsible for how their children behave in society? Well, that's kind of tricky um, because you can have the most, and we all know this, you can have the most, you know, connected family. You can have families that are, you know, dysfunctional and still don't have the same problems in the uh, society with a child when, you know, child's misbehaving. A lot of factors come into play. And sometimes a family that is close and connected still may miss some of the hidden variables that their children are experiencing in the community. So while I say they bear a little bit of uh, um, responsibility, because not every parent has the same tools on how to garner or or, uh, uh, a well-behaved child. And then also the child responds to those hidden variables in the community, whether it's trauma that the parent is not aware of, the bullying, we know about that. We know about some of the other uh, harassments and just different things that the child itself is learning to experience in their different environments, uh, natural environments. So the parent, you know, don't always pick up and know all the things, the hidden variables that a child is experiencing day to day. So, again, that's when I say whether a child is from a functional or dysfunctional family, what we call dysfunctional or functional, it holds some responsibility. However, I still put a some of that on the child as well as society, because when the other uh, situations are going on towards the child, those parents, those families are not aware all the time of what their child and how they're participating in that behavior, which promotes, you know, again, a poor community situation. So I think the families, the answer to the question, have some, but it also goes on the child and the other players that are involved, because again, those are a lot of hidden variables these days in this era that parents from older uh, generations are not used to or aware of. And they're very, very, very subtle. So, yes, uh, I would be you know, comfortable in saying that, that they bear some responsibility, but it goes to the child as well as the other players involved. So it's a community um, challenge uh, to me. So that brings us to success. Are parents responsible for their children's success? Well, I would say that from a spiritual standpoint, absolutely not, because you don't know what you don't know from your child. None of us know, you know, from day to day what we're going to be getting. You know, it can start out good and then it can end in a disaster sometimes. However, I do say that they have a small percentage because of the environment and the interaction that they have with their children. You know, sometimes parents say, you know, I want my child to go to an Ivy League school. I want my child to be this, you know, because it's in the family. And that child, that's not their child's gift. That's not what they were created to be. So those are, again, go back to the powerful interactions that a good characteristic or the quality of good parenting to me uh, will emphasize is, again, the listening, the interactions, and then you lead with that from what you heard, which is out of love. So they have a small percentage, I would say a small percentage. And then it comes back ultimately to the child 
uh, and their gifts and how they uh, create the, their own vision that uh, is given to them from within. Yes, because I would think that the child has to want it in order to get it. And some parents may have a preconceived notion based on what they did or did not accomplish. Now I want this for Johnny. I want this for Susie. While at the same time, Johnny and Susie's mindsets are in a whole different direction. That brings us now to the roles of the parents. And when we think of a mother's role, we think caregiver, healthcare provider, active coordinator, teacher, best friend, at least during the early years. Because as children mature, they don't want their mother to be their best friend anymore. Let's do a deep dive, if you will, into the role that the mother plays. Okay. And this is just from my perspective. Uh, I say from a natural and I'll say from a spiritual uh, space. Um, Parents, according to biblical, are there to guide to lead, to provide just an environment of nurturing, uh, support, you know, basic needs. And I believe that that to be true, not just spiritually, but if you look at it in a natural way, because no parent knows unless it is given to them to know exactly which and what their child is going to be. That's the purpose that we talk about. And if a parent, again, goes with the powerful interaction and the listening, the true listening from the child, then you will know how to lead that child, how and what environment to provide. Like my daughter wanted to be in the education ever since she was in the first grade. I knew that by her behavior. I watched her. I listened to her. And I made sure that how I led her was into opportunities that provided that environment for her to you know, learn how to teach or what teachers learn working at daycare centers. And I did that out of love for her because it's her life. And that's that I felt was my role. And I see that as other parents too. And sometimes, you know, we don't always have that knowledge and parents want what they want. And it, you know, turns to a a different, you know, disruptive kind of situation sometimes where the child will rebel and then they're struggling, they're fighting within. And, you know, then we have, you know, where people wind up in situations that they're the kids that, you know, they really didn't want to do because they're trying to please and respect their parents. So I would say the role is to, you know, to really go back to those um, essential um, elements I talked about, about powerful interaction with your, your child from the beginning that starts at birth and then listening and then leading. And then you do that out of love. So it's like a listening leading with love. And that to me, is where the parents can, uh, is part of their role. Oftentimes we think of the father as being a provider and a disciplinarian. I hear what you're saying. That too will take the listening and the leading. So we could utilize that as being the true role of the father as well. Knowing both roles, Miss Little, what's the likelihood of negative behavioral outcomes of a child if both parents adhere to their roles. So let's take it back a step. If both parents are listening and leading, then what's the likelihood of negative behavioral outcomes of a child? Well, possibility that of negative behavior is very low. 
is very low. Interactions, powerful interactions, intentional interactions, whether, you know, being present with that child in that child's life and listening, the statistics will show that that there's a lesser chance of a lot of negative, you know, behavior issues. And if that child is experiencing a lot of negative behaviors, like the six-year-old child that went and shot the school teacher, uh, or where you have children in the community that are, you know, doing a lot of uh, carjacking, just, you know, juvenile behaviors, that's coming from a lack of interactions in some shape or form, whether one parent is not there. And I really like to take it a little deeper when you're talking roles. Nowadays, in this season and era of, of life, parents' roles are not as defined. And it's okay because roles change and roles are very, uh, some parents, you know, the father may not be great at the discipline or he might be a little bit more loving, a little bit more hands-on where the mom might be a little bit more disciplinary because, you know, providing a little more structure, not feeling like she want to be run over by the kid. So, you know, fathers cook, mothers, you know, uh, fathers, some of them stay home, they take the leave. So I would, you know, change up a little bit on the role as we used to have back in the 50s and 60s and even into the 80s. I just like to say that, you know, with this, with the era and the, uh, that we're living in now, things are a little bit different than before. So I, I just like to say wherever the, the strength is in the family, that's what the parent's role is. And that's how, it be, you know, it's able to help support this child's behavior and growth and development, the mental and emotional balance of that child. So even when you have that, you know, locked down, there's still going to be chances of behavior misbehaving because remember the child itself sees things different than the parent. And they might even have all the right tools to, you know, know how to act and respond. But again, it's the community and the other players that plague and pull children and, you know, out of, or people out of their position. So again, if you have strong interactions, Great listening and leading, you know, in, in, in with love, you, you have a lesser chance of some negative uh, behaviors. And Pete Pham, hear us clearly. It's okay to do something that's not typically the father's role or the mother's role, vice versa. So that's powerful. When we talk about challenging issues for parents, Some of the hardest things that parents face can be things like how to parent the child that you have, not the child you wish you had. An example would be little Johnny down the street has straight A's and little Johnny plays football and he's all American. Parents want their children to be like little Johnny. When we start looking at things that are based on who we think they should be instead of who they are. Ms. Little, how can we get out of that mode and look at the child we have, not necessarily the child we wish we had? That's, that's kind of interesting. And I'm going to tread this a little light because I, I say that, um, again, spiritually and naturally, parents have a challenging job in the sense because they don't know DNA wise what's going to come out of this child. Then you have the natural environment that the child is in, unlike what the parents experience. So 
parents, what I would say to that, or even to myself when uh, raising my children, is I look at the child for who is in front of me, because there's so many jewels inside of this child that have not been developed. So that's what I tend to help my parents focus on, is just like Mary, when she had Jesus, she didn't know anything about parenting or anything about what he's going to be, but look at who he became. Just like Barack Obama, just like Martin Luther King, just like LeBron James. He had only his mother, uh, uh, some of the other basketball players, Kevin Durant, single parents like that. And look at how their children came, became and look at the character of them. So I would say to us as parents, as I work with my parents, is accepting and acknowledging and trusting who is in front of you and look inside of that child by listening again, those powerful interactions to see what that child is supposed to become through their gifts and their talents and how they can enhance them. And coming this summer, I'm working on a book called Parents, Did You Know? And I'm offering three essential parenting keys to helping them develop that child's gift. And then I use what I call is a safe non-medication approach. Those two, um, integrating those two together to help the family uh, develop their child's gifts and so that the lives of the family as well as the community can be changed to a more positive, more um, supportive uh, uh, environment that, you know, we can get back to some, you know, more loving, more thriving, a better world, as we would say. But, you know, we can touch one, reach one, then things can, you know, develop, continue to move forward in that way. So I would just say that the parents continue to focus on their interaction with the child that is a bit, that's there and see what other uh, areas of them, you know, that are not developed yet and then um, move forward out uh, like that. Two last things that I want you to touch on, and that is how to let your child experience the pain of natural consequences. Are we allowing them to learn from their poor choices if we take away the natural consequence of those choices? And also coping when your child is mean, rude, or disrespectful and saying hurtful things, i.e., when they say, I hate you, mom, do you shed tears? Do you give them severe punishment? Or do you try to reason with them? No, I don't always agree. I don't agree that we are not allowing that child to bear the consequences of a poor choice. To me, it looks at to what degree is a bad choice. If you've been teaching this child, you look at the development of the child, because sometimes you know, a child may repeat something that is a poor choice twice. But if you look at the the development of that child's reason and ability, then you can make a conscious, you know, choice on how to allow this child to deal with the consequences. Just across the board, I don't agree with, you know, just allowing a child to suffer. Sometimes there has to be, or there is not sometimes, grace in that in a, in a certain period. You have to look at the development of a child. But again, it goes back to me, to the powerful interaction. And now on a spiritual side, if you have a child that's rebellious, you will understand that child's behavior is being rebellious. And then that's where the Bible will say, and I'm going spiritual and naturally, because it's going to naturally happen. 
is that you keep you allow that child to you know deal with the consequences and you don't want to rescue that person all of the time because when you do that at a very young age that's when you'll keep having the child to repeat the same behaviors because it's like that monster has been created and they don't learn from that so you don't have to pull the rug and be so harsh and and cruel in the beginning just looking at how that interaction again can you reassure and 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 cause this child to develop some sense of responsibility and accountability so if you can do that at an early age, more times than not, the child will kind of build and learn from that. And that's where, again, it comes with the powerful interactions of listening, just extending that listening to where you know how to lead out of love. And that there, to me, will build a stronger child um, to you know, not want to repeat those same behaviors causing, you know, problems to themselves as well as to the family and the community. P-Fam, you heard it here on Quitting is Not an Option, Listening, Leading, and Love. Thank you, Ms. Little, for joining us today and for sharing your expert advice on parenting. Please tell the P-Fam how they can find you. Okay, um, I can be reached. My website is www.sensory, S-E-N-S-R-E, and the number three, dot com, sensory3.com. And my social media uh, is on, is listed on my um, uh, website. PFAM, thank you for tuning in today. And remember, quitting is never the option. Instead, seek professional help in your area of concern. Again, Ms. Little, we thank you. Allow me to leave you with Proverbs 22.6, which tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Hey, fam, take care and be safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarol.com that's d-r-d-e-e-c-a-r-r-o-l-l.com for more resources and information again thank you for listening and until next time remember that quitting is not an option